This morning's reading is taken from Philippians, chapters 2, starting at verse 1. And if you have a copy of the Pew Bibles, you'll find it on 1,179. 1,179. Imitating Christ's humility. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but to each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain, but even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Liz. Good morning, everyone. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for your word, and I pray that you will be with us as we look at it together today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, while I just adjust this little thing, What I would like you to do, please, is to look around you and find a copy of this book. There's one that you'll need it open, so would you like to find one and uh, check that you have it available, because we're going to use it this morning for part of what we're talking about. You see, back in the day, this was the social media. This was the way that people got to know what was being said. And it's a really important book. It's so important that we've just given junior versions of this to the children who've been baptised this morning. Because this is the message. And we're really hoping that the books they've been given will be enjoyed by them and that their families will read them with them and that they will have a real delight in what is being said. 
Now, of course, there's absolutely masses in here. And if you want to join a house group, like Sarah was talking about earlier on, then you can spend time together sharing and learning about this book. But just do me a favor and turn to the very front. The very front of the book, there's an in loving memory. Would you like to read it aloud with me? In loving memory of Edward and Audrey Bonner, parish of Ashted. Now, who here remembers Edward and Audrey Bonner? A sea of hands goes up. Isn't that lovely? They were a couple who worshipped here with us. Edward led the choir. They had no children, but they were part of the family here of this church, and this was a gift to all of us from them. The message sent down from one generation to another. Now, if you'd like to turn to page 1179 at the back, you will find the book of Philippians that we're going to look at this morning. Philippians 2, verses 1 to 18, imitating Christ's humility. You see, the early church began and grew through the work of the apostles and leaders, and they visited many places sharing the good news of Jesus with everyone who would listen. And when they couldn't visit in person, then they sent round the social media. They wrote letters. The letters were to everybody, and they would have been read aloud in meetings, just as we share sermons and talks in churches today. That would have been what they did. They wrote a letter, they sent it out, and someone who could read would read aloud to everyone. And so this letter, Philippians, is written to the church at Philippi. And if you want to put your finger in the page of, of the Philippians and then go to the back of the Bible, on the very back cover, you will see a map. And I will suggest that afterwards you have a little look to see if you can find where Philippi is. That map at the back gives you Paul's missionary journeys, and there is Philippi. It's just under Thracia, right in the middle. You get Macedonia, and Philippi is at the end of the word Macedonia. Paul's missionary journeys. So there's Paul on a missionary journey, and he has written to these various people. And this is what he says to the church in Philippia, in Philippi. He wrote his letter when he was in prison. He was mostly under house arrest in Rome. And this is roughly, roughly 30 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So many of the residents at Philippi were military personnel. They prided themselves on being Romans and they, many of them may have spoken Latin. Philippi was a Roman colony, and there may not have been all that many Jews present at the time. So the church members were like us, a whole mixture of folk, but Jews and Gentiles mixed together. So why did he write the letter? Well, he wrote it primarily to thank them for a gift that they had sent to him when they heard about his putting in prison in Rome. And he used the fact that he was writing to thank them 
to remind them of some gospel truths. So key to these truths are four things. One, to stand firm in the faith, in face of any persecution, and rejoice regardless of circumstances. That might be a bit tough today. There are a lot of tough circumstances about, but stand firm in the faith. The second one is to exhort them to humility and unity. The third, to commend Timothy and Epaphroditus, if you can say it, Epaphroditus, to them in the Philippian church. And then finally, he warns them about some danger among them from people with harmful views. But I'm choosing today to share with you some thoughts about the second one, the one about humility. Now, the danger with sharing about humility is that we all go on the defensive and we all think we're going to be told off for for all our weaknesses and our faults. But if you're like me, you know perfectly well what your weaknesses and faults are and you don't need anyone else to tell you. No, I don't see this as a criticism. I see this as a great encouragement. You see, we're not expected to achieve the highest accolades, to get the medals and win the prizes and prove how skilled and clever we are. We are reminded that Christ didn't come to earth with a great army. He didn't conquer riding on horseback and chariots of fire and defeating everyone in his path. He came to us humbly and quietly. He walked with the meek and the lowly. Why? To show them back to God. And that is what we are asked to copy, to walk humbly with our God. You never walk alone, for God walks with you. The world in which we now live seems to have gone slightly mad. We've just had this women's football tournament, and our team came second in the world. But what do we do? Oh, they failed to get first place. Goodness me. If I got into a football team, I would think it was great. (laughs) But to get that, you know, why do we do it down all the time? Why do we have to have the top, the top, the top, the top? Why are we not grateful and kind and supportive and humble? in what we do. Some of our international leaders seem to have got the idea that they are God and that what they want should happen. And what also upsets me even more is that other people seem to blindly follow them in a kind of celebrity cult attitude rather than using the simple skills of discernment which God gives us. Look now at your Bibles again, if you would. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Perhaps you'd like to read them with me. If you have any encouragement 
from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. You see, instead of following those celebrities who behave so badly, we are called to follow in the footsteps of Christ. We do not see love as a sign of weakness, but a sign of great strength. My generation were brought up after the Second World War, and there was still a culture of big boys and girls don't cry. It was somehow considered weak to be tender or compassionate. But I think that was probably more a reaction to the horrors and the threats of wars. But even today, there are many parts of the world where the ordinary, gentle love of parents towards their children is sometimes mocked. But in this church, family ties are celebrated. We're keen to see the children here today for baptism. We want to welcome them to the church family and we want to welcome you as often as you'd like to come. Because Christ taught us to love one another and to love the little children. Not for what we can get out of it, but simply for the sake of being truly loving. Verses 3 to 5 remind us, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. But in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but to the interests of others. That, my friends, is a great skill. It's what parents do for their children. It requires a level of humility and sacrifice to look after the children and put them first. But what about the rest of us? How are we at looking after the interests of others? When any of us see the children coming to the coffee table and grabbing more than one biscuit at a time and then quickly coming back for another biscuit, we feel angry and we want to tell them off. And yet, isn't actually that we, what we do ourselves, we grab what we want, we take our thing for us. It might be a position, it could be an object, but we can get so consumed by desire to have it that we forget that others might have a greater need. Look at the situation regarding climate change. By now, most of us are convinced that climate change is real, it is happening, and it is the result of our using and abusing the natural world around us. We know that our Western lifestyle contributes to this. It is harming the natural world and putting CO2 in the atmosphere. 
and yet we make excuses. Oh, me, I'm just one person. Oh, I don't, don't fly very often. No, one holiday every couple of years. I'm not guilty. But somehow, something has to be done. And we're going to need this to be internationally driven and motivated. And we are going to have to vote for that and contribute. Now, if you're still looking at your Bible, which I hope you will be, you'll see that the next bit is put in sort of poetry form. It's put as a little poem. And this, we think, is because it might have been a hymn which they used in the church at that time. Just as we use our lovely worship hymns and songs today, in times of worship, to share with one another the good news of Jesus by singing together about what he does and reminding ourselves of spiritual truths. And then we go on to the bit which I find tough and challenging. You'll find it, verse 14. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God, shine like stars in the universe. Be glad and rejoice with me. So what's our take-home message today? We, my friends, are never alone. God is with us every day. He loves us. He cares for us, and he is calling us to follow him in spirit and in truth, walking humbly with our God. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are there for us at all times, that as we welcome these lovely children to baptism, they are welcomed into the loving church family. Help us today to pledge ourselves to follow in Christ's footsteps with humility and truth. Amen.